Next on the tee, an NCAA Division I individual national champion, Masters participant, PJ Touring professional from South Africa, and UNLV running rebel residing in Arizona, Warren Chute and his 15-year-old USGA four-ball qualifying Dustin Johnson tournament playing, Annika meeting, AJGA exemption status getting, daughter, Abby Shute. I tell you what, this one here, you hit play on it and you realize it's an hour long plus. Now, maybe you're committed to this thing and you want to go all in with us. And if you do, you're not going to regret listening to this. No way. I mean, we were in a little bit of fan mode when we met Warren and Abby at Wigwam. And uh, when they started telling us and sharing some of the stories that they've experienced individually and together on their golf journey, it was quite inspiring. I know that I felt welcomed by them. I know that you felt welcomed. You had a connection to Abby. And just listening to Warren talk about his career and his path and then kind of transitioning over to that dad mode where now he's watching Abby, you know, pave her way in junior golf and now as a young 15-year-old playing a ton of AJGA stuff and really starting to get seasoned in that and prepared uh, as she enters into sometimes maybe her second or third time playing some of these big-time events. It was exciting. It was a lot of fun. It sure was. And so here we go. So without further ado, Allie and I would love to present to you Warren and Abby Shoot. I hope you enjoy Episode 3 of Grow the Grind. This is Allie Rattel. Welcome to Grow the Grind. We are coming to you from Litchfield Park, Arizona, at the Wigwam Resort, home of the Warren Shoot Academy. On today's episode, Warren and his talented daughter, Abby, join us to talk about their golf journeys. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having us. It'll be fun. We are jacked right now. More than you, I think, to be on this thing. Um, so, little backstory here. Allie came early out here to Arizona, and I was stuck in the cold back in Chicago. And my wife was here with my two other daughters, and they were kind of hanging around, and they ran into a guy named Doc. Yeah. And Doc's just rolling the cart around this beautiful resort in Arizona. I mean, unreal. We're, we got a bay open here in their academy. We can see the wigwam tent. And uh, his dog, Tigger, was a huge, huge fan of my daughter. And they fell in love with each other. And at some point, they had talked a little bit about our Grow the Grind thing we're on here. And they said, you have got to go find Warren and Abby. And so here we are. (laughs) Doc has set it up. um, And we're definitely going to spend a good you know, session with you here, kicking it around. I cannot believe your story. Um, It really is incredible. Mm -hmm. And now you're on a whole new journey with Abby. Um, And so... Let's get it. Let's get it going here right away. So, tell us a little bit about your academy, Warren, and what you do do here at Wigwam. Yeah, you know, uh, we're, we're blessed to have this facility. It's one of the few places in Arizona that has a building, and uh, that's really strange considering the weather we deal with here in the summer. It's you don't want to be outside practicing, but uh, for whatever the reason is, I was able to uh, find my way here. Uh, the, all the cards just played out perfectly, and we've been here home here for four years. Prior to that. Um, I, I was teaching a little bit and uh, over at Moon Valley, and my tie to Moon Valley was uh, I've been sponsored by Ping my whole life as a professional, and Moon Valley was the course that Ping owned at one time. Uh, it's also, other people would know Moon Valley because that's where Annika shot 59. Oh, yeah, that's right. She so, crushed it there. Yeah, so that, that was, and that's where Abby learned to play golf. Uh, that's more of my teaching side. Prior to that, I was a player, um, played professionally from really from 93 until about 2010, all over the world, all the different tours. Uh, the money wasn't as big then as it is now, yeah. and I didn't play as maybe as good as I could have. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for whatever it is, uh, my journey has led us here. It's, it's, it's one that I enjoy, and my playing days, maybe most of them are behind me. You know, I'm 48, so maybe the senior tour will look at that. Oh, sorry, PGA Tour champions. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, I'm enjoying being with Abby and, and helping a lot of my students over here. I'm blessed to to have an opportunity to work with talented tournament golfers, that, and that's what I enjoy doing. And that's uh, so. What does that I look like? I mean, tell us tell us what that Rolodex is for you. You know, obviously your daughter at the top, and we're going to talk a ton to you, Abby, about yeah, that. Yeah. But who else is on your list there? You know, blessed to have Abby. You know, um, uh, 
I work with a lot of, um, I've got probably got six or seven in my stable. Um, over the years, I've been able to filter in the players that, that, that I like. Uh, and what I mean by that is the players who really want to work hard or are willing to do the little bit extra to get better. And uh, that's my personality. I always try to figure out what I had to do to get better, I'm trying to pass that on to these kids. And right now, I've got a, a Ryan Safrui, uh 13 years old, uh, Alec Hilgers uh, from Arizona, also 13, his younger sister, Aubrey. Uh, a couple of girls are going to college, just uh, committed to college, Katie and uh, Milburn and Kendall. And, uh, you know, some others that aren't here as often as that group, but... Uh, for the most part, very lucky to have kids who are striving to be their best. But no one is here more often than Abby. And so your journey brought you to this great indoor facility where right. you've got all the access in the world. And obviously there's a reason for that. And maybe the reason is for you to take full advantage of that, right? So how, how does that work out for you having this beautiful thing here that you have access to at any, any time? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, definitely during the summertime, it's huge to be able to hit inside and not have to die outside um it's nice we also have an indoor simulator so we can use the track man to find numbers that are necessary to getting better and getting my swing to where it needs to be and video too yeah inside they want to hit inside <laughs> in the summer in the summer in chicago it's freezing snowing in the we have to hit in the dome <laughs> yeah the, the bay goes up yeah. in the winter like right. our buddies that have this access it's it's cold reason only yeah mm -hmm. and and our dome work is 100 yard out you can kind of see it fly. They have similar top tracer technology there, yeah. so you can see the, see the ball and, and get numbers, but not like this. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a different thing for us because we just we just love it here already. I mean, we can't even believe how great this facility is. And Well, for sure, this is the best time of the year. You know, we're blessed really from October till about April or May. You know, the weather's great. We can do as much time as we want uh, indoors and, and outdoors. You know, the summer for us, we do work inside in the summer, but it's we're traveling mostly in the summer. We don't spend much time in Arizona. Uh, I think last year, from June until the end of August, I was home like two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're playing. What's your work look, what look like? You get your dad as your coach, right? Yeah, my dad's my coach always. He always has been. Um, Sometimes that's good. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about when it's good. So why why is that good for you? It's good because whenever I'm on the road, I could be struggling with something, and I can just be like, "Hey, dad, like, come here. I need I need I need a little help," and just. Whether it's a swing change or just like a thought process Mental, for you. Mental, like, yeah. yeah. Definitely game plan is huge. He really, really helps me with that because that's what he was the best at. He knows exactly what you have to do, where you got to put the ball to be in position to play good. So game plan, a lot of uh, shot huge. preparation. Yeah. Um, core strategy. Core strategy management. Learning the course shows me stuff yeah. during the practice round. Hey, look at that. And I would never see that without yeah, that's that's helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but lesson wise, you guys are out here working all the time. Yeah, is he is he a lot of swing corrections? Honestly, um, no, we don't spend. You would think that I would get like he'd be watching me twenty four seven as I practice, and that's not it at all. I'd say honestly, I probably get the least amount of instruction time out of all of his students. It's more of like why do you do that? Well, I think that uh, at some point people have to understand their swing. I'm, I'm here anytime she needs me, but I need her or I would like her or any of my students to figure out what it is they're doing, what it is they need to do when it's not right, and can they fix it. And if they can't, I'm here to help them. But I'm never going to be there with them every shot of in uh, every tournament they play. Yeah, you're a self-correction guy. Yeah, so... We, we, we work really hard on fundamentals. We, we try to develop a baseline, whether it be in your swing or your short game or your chipping, that you can always go back to and work off of. And I think a lot of times people are spending time just working but not working on their solid baseline fundamental that they need. Mm. So when it goes bad, they're not sure what to do. Do you still look at him in desperation when you're on the green and things aren't going well or you don't feel good about a putt or you just aren't hitting it good and you're in the middle of the round? Are you just like, the eyes my kid gave me out there this week, I just couldn't handle it. I was like, Al, I can't putt it for you. Like, I, And if I could, I promise you I'd miss it. So why are you looking at me? Um, yeah. And you know what happened, right? Yeah. It happened a lot. Yeah. Why do you do that? It was yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just do. So, like, you're looking at a three-footer, and she had just missed one or two of them, and she's like, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, Al, I'm, I'm going to turn my back to you and hold this pin. 
do you did you ever find yourself doing that because somebody of his stature at his level which if you're just thinking about turning this thing off right now don't because i promise you the stories we're going to share about warren's career are going to blow your mind do you ever do that absolutely when i was younger it was terrible i i went through a time where i didn't even want him to watch me because i was just like every time was it I intimidating just, or was it more of just you you had doubt or yeah, doubt i i would I could like hear what he was thinking, if that makes sense. But I definitely grew out of that. And now I just, it's amazing having him watch me. Can you I give me the exact there. date when a kid grows <laughs> out of that? Listen, I mean, Abby, I'm blessed. You know, Abby's very self-confident. She's, uh, she's always believed in herself. Obviously, I think having someone who's played at a high level can put more pressure on her. Absolutely. But what she's done really well, especially in the last, I would say last two or three years, um, gone from a player that was uh, very emotional mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. passionate about what she did. So when it went bad, it wasn't a good outcome. Mm -hmm. And she's learned to manage that. Absolutely. Okay. Tell, tell us. Yeah. That was this is a great interview for us and a lot of our friends because you're at the age that we're all headed to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a great group of people that, that are, that are interested in what we're talking about and that have kids at this age between the nine to 12 year mark. And I think 13 might be where you started to turn that over and Absolutely. start to gain that maturity. So what was that like for you and how did you notice it? Absolutely. I been working really hard with a mental coach, Debbie Cruz. She works at the ASU team. She's been a huge part in where I am right now. I mean, when I used to play and it wasn't going good, it was not pretty to watch. It was not pretty to watch, but definitely getting there. Um, just instead of worrying about, oh, that wasn't good, that wasn't pretty, I'm much more worried about, okay, what am I going to do now that I've hit it there to get it up and down or make par? Just always yeah the that's we can work with that thinking. yeah that we can work with that mentality of well okay that's fine let's we can use that i mean and i tell i that's what i started with my yep. five-year-old on is no matter where she hits it mm -hmm. i'll say we can work with that absolutely because mm -hmm. i know you don't always feel that way and i think it's because we yeah. tried to be so perfect all the time no, and you're not going to be it's I, not perfect i think that's it people are trying to be perfect think they have to be perfect in order to play well and it's not um, the case it's not the case and you know i think I, I'm probably tougher on her when it comes to that more than, than, than maybe other students because of our relationship. Mm -hmm. But that's a part of the game I was really good at. And that's Which what, part? You know, Dealing, you, coping. You know, you say we can deal with it. My answer would be you don't really have a choice. Right. Absolutely. Well, you do have a choice. You either have a choice <laughs> to make the best of it or whine about it. Right. And whining about it is not going to help. Are you doing a disservice, though, because you're able or allowed to push her to that standard and you know that you have some latitude on you know how hard you can be on your own kid versus your students? Yeah, I mean, I certainly have questioned that myself a lot. Yeah. Um, but I do think I have more patience with my other students. I know. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's a common and a natural thing, right? And I have to find myself trying to back off to give her room to make mistakes so that we can talk about it as I would another student. Mm -hmm. Not I'm a very passionate person. So sometimes when we talked about in the past, it was pretty passionate. Sure. Yes, you know? very passionate. Yeah, but it's our personality. <laughs> I know what that passion sounds like. So, <laughs> so does Allie. Yeah, and it's, it's not always great, but it's always from the right place. Mm -hmm. The heart. The heart. And, and, and even now when I work with a lot of my students, I think – Parents and, 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 and kids, they both want to play so well. Mm -hmm. And it's coaching both parts. Hey, it's okay. Let's figure out what we can do. And uh, the, the thing, the message that I try to give the kids the most is whether you understand it, don't understand it, agree with it, don't agree with it, it's coming from the right place. And one day you'll figure that out, and let's try to figure that out sooner than later. Because mm -hmm. it's going to happen. Sure. And that's, that's what I strive for. So my parents always mess around with me and say that they should homeschool me so I can get more time for golf. Abby, you're currently online schooling. What is that like for you? It's different. Um, I am a very social person, so it was a huge change, like just socially, not being, not going to school every day and talking to my friends. I still have a ton of friends, and you you make friends traveling the world playing golf, but. I would say that it has definitely given me a lot more time to practice my golf. When did this start for you? Yeah. So I was homeschooled two years ago, and then I went to school last year, and then I decided to do online school again. Um, definitely, 
I think it's helped a ton. I mean, it's given me so much more time to practice. And you're two, three hours on the online. Yeah, three. Get majority yeah. of what you need to get done. Exactly. Uh, by what time are you ready to go and start hitting balls and working short game? Honestly, I actually do my work in the morning. My school, sorry, my golf in the morning, and I do my school at night. So I like to get out here before anyone else is here, get my work done, and then go do what I want the rest of the day. You'd be a freshman or a sophomore I'm a freshman. right now. Okay, so yeah. you're a freshman. And that's like the pinnacle of social opportunity, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, you're going to start driving soon. Yep. You'll have your friends. I mean, I see you obviously with Kendall Todd all the time. I've been here for three days. I've seen you with her three days. So yeah. you do have great relationships, but um, golf is such a sacrificial sport. We, you know, right now, Allie should be in the pool. Right. She just finished her tournament. Yeah. We should be at the pool right now. And yeah. we're here podcasting it up, having a blast with you guys. And that's another great opportunity yeah. too, but there are sacrifices that Absolutely. are being made on your behalf. You made that choice for yourself. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. We talked about it a lot. I mean, we've been going back and forth about it for a couple months. We we're like, oh, I'm going to do it. No, I don't want to do it. And my brother's been online schooled. So I asked him about it and I asked Kendall about it. And I just think it was the right thing to do. What, what I would say is for parents and kids who are thinking about doing online school because they want to play golf, it's, th- th- there's a right time and a wrong time. And uh, both my kids tried online school when they were younger, and it was the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what I'm, from my perspective is, I think it's not the right time to be online schooled until they're committed to making the sacrifices. Because it seems like you get a lot more time to do things, but unless you have an organized plan and a structure, you actually will get less done. You'll hit a lot of balls, but you may not get better. Mm-hmm. And uh, you always say, oh, I can do it later. I can do it later. But if you're go to school, you only have this much time. You have to get your stuff done. Yeah. You maximize it because you have a shorter window. Right. And it could create bad habits if yes. you've yeah. got this monstrous um, like time gap for exactly. you to do whatever Absolutely. it is you need to do. So that focus for you to start early is probably what has separated you because you get what you need to d- get done. And then maybe there's a little additional on top of it later in the evening. Absolutely, yeah. And you've done everything you needed. You're way more productive. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for you, Warren, as a father and a coach and as a professional, mm-hmm. did you feel like it was necessary if you wanted to get her to where you wanted to go? And I assume that's to the highest level. Yep. Do well, you I, think it had to happen? I think you, you, as a parent, you want to give your coach the best opportunity, I mean, your kids the best opportunity to succeed. And at today's, the way that the golf and really every sport is today, they're way better, way earlier. And it comes down to how much time they put in. And you're going to get a lot more time being online schooled. And I think golf-wise have the opportunity, if you choose to take that trip and and go to the highest level, it's definitely a must. Agreed. And, uh, is an academy of yours or an opportunity like this here at Wigwam necessary too? Or could any mom or dad just say, okay, we're going to keep you home. We're going to do the homeschool thing. And I'm going to take you to our public course yeah. and we're going to have a range pass, yeah. hit balls and chip and putt and play eight holes a day. Is, so, so, does there have to be a systematic approach or would yeah. that? We haven't talked about it, but it's funny you bring it up because actually in the fall, I'm starting a, an online or homeschool program for kids in Arizona who are online schooled because just being able to practice like I said doesn't mean you're going to get better mm-hmm. yeah so with uh with my program it's not official yet uh, you know unofficially it's going to be like a four-day program uh the kids will come here we'll do like three hours of golf work then uh, they'll do three hours of school work and then we'll finish the day off with three hours of golf work again and in that golf work it's not we're just going to practice we're going to Use all our technology to measure. You know, the only way you can improve is if you know what your weaknesses are, and then you've got to measure are they getting better or worse. And yeah, so it's very, very organized and very planned. And my opinion, that's the way you get better. You know, part of our slogan over here at the academy is practice, prepare, perform. So how you practice, how you prepare will determine how you perform. Mm -hmm. And we we've developed a program that we believe is going to help the kids perform at the highest level because they're going to be more prepared when they get to tournaments. And if you're prepared, you've got confidence. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, the accent is spectacular. You're <laughs> envious of your father's accent. I'm sure you try to mimic it, or at least you make fun Mock of it. it. Mock <laughs> it, right? Yeah. So you are from South Africa. Grew up in South Africa. Um, played every sport I could as a kid uh, at 
age 12, or I was like 11, uh, I started golf. But at age 12, I knew that I wanted to play golf. And uh, I dropped all my other sports. I represented my state in about seven different sports as a kid. You name the sport I played. It, it wasn't a big state, so I was able to yeah. represent my state. But I did. I was the captain of the South African baseball team at one point and thought that I'd come to America to play baseball. But then I started golf. Yeah. And uh, I was hooked right from the beginning. So really what were started- the opportunities like for you in golf out there? They were great. You know, golf was, uh, cost-wise, was almost nothing. I mean, we paid like 40 rand a year to be uh, access to a golf course, which is about $5 for the year to play. Wait, you paid $5? $5. For the year? For the year. (laughs) To play what? To play at Beachwood Country Club. Three holes. Yeah, any many holes as we wanted. Get out of here. Yeah, now we weren't, there were some stipulations. We weren't allowed to play on a Saturday afternoon because okay. that was men's day. We're not allowed in the clubhouse, right? <laughs> yeah, certain clubs, you know, they still had laws like that. But here's the reality. My personality was that they told me I couldn't play. I found a way to play anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was at the golf course every minute that I could be there and more than I should have been. Sure. But we had full access. And you fell in love with the game on your yeah. own out there and yeah. you figured it out. Mm-hmm. I was a very competitive person and I figured out how to play and, you know, uh, I, I took to it very fast. Uh, and when I was 14 years old, I became a scratch handicap for the first time. And that month, I, I traveled to America to play Junior World. You know, All what, alone, might I yeah, have. It, it, you know, now it's called IMG Junior World. Back then it was the Optimist Junior World Championships in San Diego. That's still going on. And, you know, at age 14, I birdied the last hole to win the World Championships. This guy's ridiculous. And uh, it's, it's not fair, is it? It's not <laughs> no. fair. Let's just recap that. <laughs> I started golf at 12. I paid five bucks to play whenever I wanted. In two years, I was scratching one IMG Worlds. Yeah. Is that, that, is <laughs> no that, a, that That's it? No that, big deal. No. That's pretty much how it went. Yes. <laughs> Allie, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> Do you know how much time I have spent on your game? And this man is, is winning the worlds by himself you said right? yes he was here all alone from south africa yeah my, my family my family um couldn't afford to for the whole family to come it cost a lot of money to travel here back then and there was a team that came from south africa which i was not representing i came in as individual um, my dad had promised me that south africa paid for one kid to play at img in my age group and i wasn't that kid huh. and my dad believed that i was better than that kid and so he did. So he, he paid your, your he way here. He said to me, "If you do well in school, I will pay for you to go." Well, that was the only semester I ever finished first in class, <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I finished first in class. He sent me to America. I traveled with the team, but I, you know, basically they dropped me at the golf course in the morning. They picked me up at night. They put me in the hotel room. They took me to the golf course the next day. I was by myself. But I was able to go ahead and win win the tournament. Oh, Bird. that is an incredible story! And, then it just, and it just opened up doors for you, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's why I made it better from there. Like yeah. that was just the beginning. That's where I met my colleagues. My life changed yeah. that day at age fourteen, and I think that's the unique thing about golf. You know, uh, one tournament can change your life, and for me, what it is, it it, it uh, opened up the opportunity to meet coaches, which led to a golf scholarship, which led to some success in college and then pro and. Couple couple of kids later, and you know, working with a, a lot of tournament kids now, it's been okay. it's been a great journey. Well, I know we want to ask Abby this question, but I have to start with this right now. He just said some success. <laughs> so so Warren is the ultimate answer to an incredible trivia question here. Yes, he is. And I am a big proponent to a left-handed golf swing. I'm a left-handed golfer. I wish I had better-looking calves than I do. Okay, <laughs> not many people. But compete not with many people can compete with that man's calves. Now <laughs> there's right. about a negative six percent chance he listens to this. But if he did, here's the reality. Our man at this table is the reason why lefty, the great one, Phil Mickelson, had only won three NCAA championships as an individual at the Division One level. Can you validate that for me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Why, why was he? Why was it only three? There was some guy from South Africa. <laughs> First name was Warren. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we played that year at Poppy Hills. Um, and back then, you know, the individual was a four-day tournament. Now they go to match play. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're paired by team. And my team was not doing very well. However, I was paired with the overnight le- or the leader going into the fourth round. Franklin Langham was his name. And our team was part of the first group of tea times to go off. 
And uh, I was even, I was tied with Franklin with two holes to go. So through 70 holes, mm-hmm. we were tied. I birdied number 17 to take a one-shot lead on Franklin and to go uh, three under for the tournament. And then I eagled number 18. You did not. And the first tee box is standing right by the 18th green, and Phil was on the tee. And he was starting the day at two under. Mm-hmm. So I eagled that hole to go five under what, what was for the playing? tournament. What's Do you that? remember? Do you remember the hole at the time? Phil? Par four? Was yeah, it a par Phil four? was playing a par four. No, it was 18. Oh, no, par 18 five. Was a par I five. hit it on the green in two, made like a 40-footer across the green for eagle. And uh, I went nuts. I started crying. It was just, <laughs> it was a mess. It was embarrassing, to be honest. <laughs> but the crowd went, knew the situation. They went nuts. And Phil got up on the first hole and hooked it in the bush and made double. He did not. So I went from a three shot lead to five. And then he just, you know, un, you know, he, he, he always finds a way to play well. But that particular day, he, I think he ended up shooting 75. And I ended up winning by three. David Duvall finished second. And uh, there was only two people who finished under par for the tournament. And myself. as good as that was to win it, it was yeah. also the first time in the history of that tournament that a non-American-born player yeah. won it. 108-year history. I was the first non-American to win the event. That was pretty awesome. You proud of your daddy? Just a little bit. Yeah? Do you brag? <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's working on beating me, though. I'm going to have to start working on my game. <laughs> Short game? <laughs> he can take me any day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just finished the Wigwam Regional. Uh, Abby, you have won the U.S. Kids Desert Shootout twice. When did you start playing in other tournaments, and what are those tournaments? Yeah, so I, I, I d- didn't start playing U.S. Kids until I was 10. played it until I was 13 or 14 years old. I won three regional events, I believe. Two here, one at Palm, Val- uh, sorry, Palm Springs. And then it... After I won a couple, I was like, whoa, okay, maybe maybe I can do something. So I started playing other events like um, AJGA was the big one. You can't play those to your 12. So I started those when I was 12. Didn't do so well the first year. I mean, it's so nerve-wracking playing with the 18 and under. But um, definitely started playing those. Amaz- they're amazing, amazing events. And then yeah, you was- mentioned to me what made those special to you. Yes. Yeah, so at the AJGA, they have you actually write thank you cards after every round that you play to the sponsors that are in the tournament. And I just think that is such a great message. Like everyone should be writing thank you cards. I know as a kid, he always made me write thank you cards to everyone that always sponsored the events. So them making us do it, I think that's super yeah, cool. Yeah, it's good lessons. I mean, yeah. that's what golf's all about is the lessons anyways. Well, yeah, I mean, golf, golf is life. You know, and the, the, the lessons that the kids learn are life lessons that even if they choose not to make golf their profession, the, the lessons they learn from golf will help them in whatever profession they choose. No, I, I would certainly mm-hmm. agree with that. And For you, mm-hmm. as you transition from U.S. Kids as just like that, that, that springboard for other opportunities, that eye-opening thing for you where you're like, well, I'm pretty good. I'm winning some of these <laughs> events. And then you get hit with like a cold case of reality oh, yeah. that, man, the world's a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah. Um, when you're a 12 year old playing with 18 year olds that are trying to compete for the same stars and in the same events, mm-hmm. um, how, how patient were you over the last three years to get to the point where you're more competitive now? Yeah. 12 was tough. 12. I lost all of my confidence. I don't think I had a good event when I was 12. Like you allowed that one. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> uh, not by choice, but you know what? I think it made her better. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Um, she actually played uh, the JGAs over here in Arizona, Junior Golf Association in Arizona, at 12 in the 18 and under division because everybody, she always played against older kids and everybody who was 11 or 12 had moved up. So I threw her up into uh, the 15 to 18 division. I didn't want to, but there was no one for her to compete against. And, uh, that was one of the smartest things she's ever done. Yeah. So, <laughs> what were the yardages like? Do you remember? About 6,000. 6,000 at yeah. 12? Yeah. And I think I probably hit my driver 230. So I wasn't hitting it with the girls. I was 30 yards behind them. And numbers were, you were averaging, I would assume in the 80s at the time. Mm, I would say, yeah, high 70s. High 70s, low 80s. I didn't, I mean, the first half of the year, I literally didn't even get a top 10. And the fields were probably 30 players. Yeah. So just no confidence. And then at the end of the year, I think I ended up actually winning one. And that was just like the greatest thing ever. I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. And then just definitely got better from there. We talk as parents a lot about just getting these kids in as many tournaments as possible. Do you subscribe to that ideology? 
my dad always told me you can't go to the golf shop and buy $5,000 worth of experience. You've, you've got to go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly in Arizona, I find that there's probably too many tournaments. I mean, there's probably six or seven different tours that come to Arizona. And uh, the kids, I find a lot of kids are just playing every single week, which I think playing in tournaments is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you need to work on something? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think what, what we've done, when they were young, every, every tournament you could play was great. When you turned about 12 or 13, we became a little bit more selective. Mm-hmm. And we started to p- pick, you know, just like they do on tour, there's majors. Mm-hmm. There's unwritten majors. And those are the ones we circled on our calendar. And we would use some of the other tournaments. Some tournaments you play to win, some tournaments you play to learn, and some tournaments you play just for the experience. You know, uh, she's done a U.S. Open qualifier. Well, she can't compete at the U.S. Open now, but maybe in two or three or four years' time, she'll have, when she does have a chance to qualify, she won't be nervous because yep. it wouldn't be the first time she's done it. Yeah. So it, it's figuring out which tournaments uh, you, you, you need to play. The, the thing that I would say is everybody matures at a different age. That's the one thing. You know, mm-hmm. Abby, Abby hit the ball really long for her age when she was younger, so physically she could compete. Yeah, with at some 12, of the girls if she's hitting 230, right. she can hang at 6,000 <laughs> right. yards. But, men- but mentally she couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mentally I definitely couldn't. You know? I would say that's when I started working with Debbie Cruz. Yeah. And that took a but, while to kick in. <laughs> yeah, but Abby's competitive, and, uh, you know, she, she, she will, if she's challenged, she'll figure out what she's going to do to be the best player in, the, in her age group, in her state, and she doesn't like to lose. So we would come back. Who and does we, like we, to lose? Yeah. No one. <laughs> no one that wants to be any good no, at anything in life. Not right? if you care I mean, about it. Right? Not if you care about any of this. And yeah. and we learn. I mean, we learn this week. We we're coming in totally cold, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so f- each day was a different level of frustration for a variety of reasons. Right. Whether you have expectations and you know what your kid's capable of, um, and being able to handle that as a father is. Very difficult. It like, is. I had a horrible day Saturday. <laughs> or I was terrible. I did nothing good for my kid. What do you think he shot? If you would give him a score as a caddy. <laughs> yeah, 135. <laughs> I was saying 200. Yeah, I know. I would never go that high. But at least I hugged her once. And, and But today I was better and she was better. And in the end, we're sitting here with you guys having probably the best moment of the weekend and just talking golf and, and that mentality. But I think it's probably because I've got an amateur mentality at some point. I mean, even as much as a professional i try to consider myself to be as a dad i'm still guilty of being a dad right who wants to save face or show what my kid's about and 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 you know be the one that everybody says wow about and it's it can be hard it's when, very hard when they don't perform so you are a professional golfer and so you know when steph curry was hanging around the gym chucking balls at the rim missing 30 out of 36 mm-hmm. Dell didn't care right he got it and I assume that yeah. you get it at a different level that yeah. maybe on a day where she goes out and she she just is absolutely terrible and and for you now that might mean you shoot 78 I assume that's what that <laughs> means we're gonna be really nice yeah, exactly but at some point it was a 90 you know of and, course. and you're like are you kidding me you yeah. should be you could be 76 you're 15 to 18 strokes above what you should be right how did you do with that well I'm competitive, so I didn't do well with it. But I it's also good to hear. Yeah. Did you hear that? Al? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the reality is this: we we want them to play the best that they because we love them, right? But the one thing I learned as a professional, and uh, my wife caddied for me when I was on the Canadian tour, and it probably stuck out to me the most on that particular tour is somewhere along the line I developed the skill to leave the stuff at the course. If I played bad at the course, when the round was done, we were done. When the tournament was done, I walked over, congratulated the winner, even if I wanted to beat him. As a junior, that didn't always happen. And a lot of that comes from the family. Yep. And, well, how can you let that person beat you? How can you? Listen, I became comfortable with I tried my hardest. I gave it everything. Some days that was a 61. I shot 61. I've also shot some really high numbers. And some days, some of my best rounds might have been a 74 that looked like an 85. But I left it there regardless. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one message I've always given. My my kid could have done that yesterday. She could have done that. She would have left it there. But you're right. Mm -hmm. I didn't really let that happen. Yeah. And But are you schooled in doing that? No. 
No, right? but I'm smarter. Yeah. And even though I'm, I'm smarter and I know, and I, I played, you know, I right. played at a professional level in basketball and I had some opportunities. So I get, I have a clue, but yeah. still, I'm still a dad. Right. It's so that hard. Struggles with that failure. And I think that projects onto you, Al. And I'm not sure if I'm doing you any good in that. I, maybe it's making you stronger. It might be because, uh, but I won't know. I mean, yeah. I really won't know for a while. Again, I go back to it's coming from the right place, mm-hmm. right? That's the most important thing. If our kids know that we still love them, regardless of what they shoot, that we're just trying to push them to get better, that's the most important thing. And I also think it depends on the kid. You know, I've got a son who plays golf. He plays it for fun, and that's okay. And I think he could be really good. Yeah. It's just not important to him, right. and that's okay. My daughter, it's important to her. Abby wants to play well. So we're going to approach it differently. But both of them were always pushed to play their best. Yeah, because right? you're making a commitment to yeah. something. So if you're going to, then we're going to do, do it, it the do right it way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say for you, coming from the cold, you know, being mm-hmm. a good player, you probably had high expectations to play well, which causes more pressure. Mm-hmm. We don't want you can't. Nobody plays well under pressure, not even Tiger Woods. What he does is he deflects the pressure. Mm-hmm. So that's a skill you learn. But, you know, coming here understanding, if you really think about it, when you go home, you're going to go, well, I really wasn't prepared, so I couldn't have had a lot of confidence. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that confidence wasn't what it, what it would be and in August, it's of all, course. It's all about preparation. And, and as much as you try to put on a brave front and talk to yourself, oh, I'm going to do great, inside you know you're not prepared because you haven't had the time. And guess what? It's okay. You're going to play a lot more yeah. tournaments in your life, and you'll figure out how to get prepared. Yeah, that confidence comes with, with, with playing. Right. And you're playing every day, Abby. And so you probably sit in here and hit balls and can't wait to get in that next tournament. You're all, you feel like you're always ready right now, don't you? Absolutely. So what's next for you? I leave in about a week to go to the Dustin Johnson World Championship Dustin in Johnson. South Carolina. What's the invite on that? How many? 25 or something. 25 24 girls. 24 girls, yeah. Yeah. And how jacked are you? I cannot wait. Yeah, no, you know, I'd say that, uh, what uh, I've seen with Abby, we went to the Annika at the beginning of this year, and Abby didn't play particularly well. She didn't play awful. She had a great second day. And, uh, I since, learned so much. Since we came back, uh, it seems like her intensity in her practice has kicked up. What did you learn? Changed. Going there to Florida, um, just like the conditions are way different, obviously, to here. So going there, I, I'm not comfortable in the grass. I'm not comfortable knowing what shot I'm hitting. And I'm just not comfortable. Like, I still feel like I'm the worst in the field. Like, I was one of the last people to get in. So in the back of my mind, I'm always like, you got to prove to everyone that you belong here. That's not, that's not how. Yeah, that's no way. That's a terrible approach, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can't do that. So definitely figuring out that, like, maybe I was the last one to get in, but I'm better than most of these girls. Like, if I play good, I'm just as good as most of these girls. Well, if you can take anything away from your dad and his first trip out here, you should know that you're better off playing from down there. Yeah. You know, he was overlooked, and he goes out and he says, you know, I'm not part of the team. And we heard a lot about the teams from the other countries mm-hmm. that go to IMG, and it's gotten, in, I mean, it's gotten probably 5 million percent yes. crazier than when you went the first time. No doubt. And so that you got to embrace that underdog mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. You know, as a Midwestern golfer, a lot of times a lot of our friends come out to these regionals and say, okay, you don't think that somebody from Illinois who plays for four months can play? Watch yeah. this. Right. And so hopefully that, that's something that you're able to do as you yeah. move forward. Yeah. Um, how, how was that experience at the Anna? I don't know how do you even get into that. You said you're the last one to get invited. Tell us about that. So that's one of the biggest uh, AJGA events of the year. It's an invitational, and they do it off Rolex ranking. So that's the AJGA's own ranking system. And I think I was ranked just under 100 maybe, and there was 70, It's girls. the top 72 golfers in the world that they can get. So definitely I was – not expecting to get in. And when I got the call, I was like, oh my gosh, really? Like I get to go to this event. And I went there and Annika did a, did a clinic for us. Mm. And she taught us like some stuff about how to chip around the greens. And honestly, I learned so much from it. Really? Yeah. Just Dad, how do you feel about that? Hour. Yeah, that's all right. I'm, yeah. Hey, as long as she learns, I'm happy. Yeah. I can tell you but, that it was my first time to meet Annika. Yeah. And you know, I, I've played golf with Jack. I've played golf with Arnold. I've played golf with Tiger. I've played golf with Phil. Ernie, you name it. I've played with them. Luckily, I was the most impressed with Annika of anybody that I've ever been around. She is amazing. As a person. As a person. And just the way she carried herself and what she does for golf, it was 
really, really a special week. What was so striking about her? She's so down on earth. Yeah. She's not, I'm, she doesn't think like, oh, I'm, I'm so much better than all these people. She's, she's coming up to us and talking to us about how our round went and how's the putting practice coming along. Like she came up to me maybe three or four times during the week and just had a like conversation with me. Inspiring, isn't yeah. it? Super. Crazy. And, and one of the best athletes of our generation for sure. Man, woman, doesn't matter. Yeah. She, what I liked, how simple she kept things. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, in her, in her talk to the girl, mm-hmm. she explained a lot of how she got ready for tournaments. And it was, a, you know, something that I could relate to. And uh, I just thought she was amazing. It appears that way. Oh, I mean, if yeah. you follow her on Instagram, it does seem as if she enjoys the experiences with the kids. And I'm, I'm assuming girls specifically yeah, is something she's only. really drawn to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so you, you play Annika, and now you're going to see Dustin. So you're going to sit there, you're going to ask Dustin for an autograph, you're going to be all giggly, right? Is that what the plan is, or do you have a plan for that moment? Because it's not going to be like seeing Annika, and she's going to say, hey, here, Abby, here's how you chip. This is Dustin, all right? You're yeah. seeing DJ. You're already crushing on him, clearly. What are you going to do? I don't know. I haven't even thought about it, Big to be 100% honest. Just give him a head nod. Just give him a head nod. Yeah, just say, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? How are you? Do you know Warren? <laughs> Tell him he didn't hit it very well today no yeah so what's your 20 there's 24 um Mm -hmm. i think panel won that once or twice she'll probably be there again maybe Uh, yeah she's trying to win it three times three times listen she's the class of the field i mean you know she's a little bit older than abby and abby would love nothing more than to beat her but i can tell you if you want to beat that girl you better show up with your a game because she's good yeah definitely yeah we've watched her her. yeah we were in wisconsin and we We saw her play in a pro event yeah so you're gonna beat her right uh, Abby, yeah. Abby met her. I played for the against first her time. in the four ball last year. Um, my first ke- round. My partner Kendall and I made it to the match play, and we got paired against her and Amari. And walking up to that first tee was a little bit like, okay, we we need to play well. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, we we played well. We you were in the match. We really played well until about hole twelve or thirteen. We got got some bad rulings um got a little bit behind started rushing and we ended up losing i think two and three three and two or, sorry three, three and, two. and two and um but honestly it was it was great i learned a ton what did that do for your confidence it actually boosted me up it like, should right yeah. i felt like i i competed with them yeah, like, like i can play with them yeah, yeah you see awesome. your drive and exactly. you see their yeah. drive and you feel your approach and you're it's all coming down to putting at that's that point right. doesn't that's it exactly it that's yeah. exactly they were, it. they were even through 13 and abby and kendall had a chance a couple of chances to get up in the match mm-hmm. through like 13 mm-hmm. and then there was a you know just a, a little shenanigans and let's call it that went on but that's all part of match play yeah. absolutely and uh she wasn't prepared for that and uh and honestly alexa it I mean, I've never played match play before. That was the first time playing match play in a tournament. And it was just crazy, like, how much she knew about playing match play. Like, just some of the things she did. Like, she gave Kendall a putt on the one hole that was for par that was, like, an inch in front of mine. And I was putting for birdie. And we were from, like, eight feet. And she's like, Kendall, pick yours up. And I kind of looked at her. I was like, wait, what? Because she didn't want her to give me the read. That is so money. I love yeah, that. It's just, you know, and that's experience. And, and, I and Kendall had to pick that up. Yeah, you don't have, have a choice, right? That. Yeah. So you had no luck. No, I mean, what did you do with that? I just say, big fist bump, too. Big fist bump. And then you looked over, right? I mean, it's all in good fun. It's all part of the game. That competition has got to be, especially when you have a teammate. Doesn't it feel like it means more when you're with a teammate? Absolutely. There's more people to hype you up. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, it's just, it's your rooting for somebody so, so big because it affects you. Mm -hmm. But that person's rooting for you, which is like, that never happens out there. Although somebody chipped in in our group today and we went absolutely nuts because who cares? These kids are. 11 years old, right? right? Allie at Pinehurst, when we do the team event, I mean, is that probably the best thing that, that you get to do? Yeah, it's just so much fun, like, having your teammate, and it's just... Unless your dad like, is your teammate. Yeah. And we're, we're <laughs> and in we're, the lead. Yeah, and then you sh- shank it into the trees. Come on, Dad. Yeah, but, you know, I was, I, was, I was touring it that day. Yeah. But, you <laughs> Until know, that hole. Yeah, whatever. Well, what, what's really cool, as you play more golf, you're going to really look for those team tournaments. They are the fun tournaments. They're so much fun. You know, uh, Abby was lucky enough. Uh, they're going to qualify. Karen Candle qualified again this year. So going I back with a little more experience. Yeah, and you've had some other team tournaments. What What are the team tournaments? Uh, well, I played in the Van Horn Cup when I yeah. was 12 at the U.S. Kids Worlds, and that was... You guys won it, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so we were the... Yeah, you won it. <laughs> yeah, we were the low score. I played with uh, Sarah M. She's also my year, 2023. And I believe we shot 64. 
64 on Pinehurst Pine number, number two. And that Balling. was just, that's just the awesome. craziest thing. I remember standing on that 18th green and we, the pin was back right, right where Payne Stewart's pin yes. was. And our putt was right in the middle of the green. I was like, oh. and I looked over to her. I was like, if we make this, we better do the pose. We didn't, <laughs> but um, we were just happy to two putt. Honestly, we <laughs> yes. were just like, let's get par and get out of here. I, I like the <laughs> fact that we even thinking about they were going to make it and do the pose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That means their mind's where it They're needs to the right be. They're in the right place. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. That's, you don't shoot 64 unless you're tuned into those crazy, things. Yeah. Which Pretty reminds cool me, <laughs> your score to qualify for the four ball yes, was? we shot 62. Unreal. Yes. So <laughs> 10 birdies? No. Yes. Sorry. Yes, was it? Ten. All, all 10 birdies. 10 birdies. It's crazy. And honestly, 18. this is going to sound bad, but we hit cruise control in the back nine. We shot 29 on the front and then got to hole 11, and I missed like a five-footer for birdie, and we hit cruise control for the rest of the holes. You did. Yeah, we just... We couldn't get anything going after that. And But I don't understand. You, you think with that number that you just walk into this thing, right? And so yeah. you think 10's plenty. We, Did, we, we you walked think? off the green and Kendall was like, let's go. We made it. And then we get to the scoring tent and we hear about all these other great scores that have come in. I think we had eight a 64, under, 65, and 8 under ended up qualifying. So you shot 7 under and didn't qualify, which is... Yeah, what is that? How do you even come about picking a venue for that? You can choose to play anywhere you want if you've qualified, or can you enter at? Uh, do you? Ha- how do you get in as a as a partnership there? You just pick anywhere you want to go. There's so no the, requirements to getting into the qualifying. Well, there's a handicap requirement, oh, but they, 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 they've, they've met the handicap sure. requirement. Yeah. But uh, you know they have sites all over the country. There's some strategy for that, isn't there? No question. No question. And you made your choice based on what criteria? We, it was 10 minutes down the street from our house. So there was no strategy. <laughs> the strategy is dad will pick the right spot. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. No. Yeah. That's my theory and a lot of this stuff, too. Listen, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, I, I played a number of USGA events throughout my career, and you, you've got to be careful in where you go. But at the end of the day, you, you, you could, well you could make you yourself go. crazy. you got to show up and you've got to play good. And if you do that, you'll have a chance. And if you don't, you won't. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah, that so, 10 under wins just about anywhere. You're pretty yeah. much going right? to qualify exactly. at any spot. The qualifies. You're going to shoot the number. Everybody obsesses over where they're right. going to go. Right. That's like the drive, chip, and putt stuff. Exactly. Yeah. If you throw a 125 on the board, you're getting through the local. That's it. And so you want to sneak around and try to get an 80 on the board yeah. and get through. Well, you you, you're rolling the dice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and when that benefited us this past year. Yeah. But, you know... Um, in the end, if you want to make it to Augusta, right. you got to go 135, 140. Yeah, exactly. And so you can't hide from it forever. Exactly. You know, at some point you're going to face the best and you're going to go do that in the four ball again. And I saw your face just light up <laughs> thinking about it. Why are you so excited this I year? I can't wait. I mean, we, last year was actually my first USGA event that I'd ever played. And I'm so happy that it was a partner thing because we were both so nervous standing on that first tee box. Like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We need to take a deep breath. We just couldn't really believe it. And then we ended up making it to the match play, which we didn't really expect. And so this year, I feel like we're going in with so much more like, like possibility to do well. Like mm-hmm. we've been working your mindset so is hard. completely shifted. I mean, exactly. I think in this conversation, I've heard you doubt yourself previously mm-hmm. four or five times. And now you're just, you're ready. You know, you're, you're seasoned, I guess you would call it. And that's going to really separate yeah. her. I mean, you know, she's, she was 14 and Kendall was 15 last year at that USGA event. Uh, that's pretty young. We were and, just hoping uh, to yeah. not do bad. And this year we're like, we're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and since that event, you know, both kids, have, both girls have become fully exempt out on the AJGA. Kendall qualified for the US Junior Girls last year. So they're different players. And she received a scholarship to your alma mater. Yeah, is that correct? That's exactly right. So she's verbally committed to go to UNLV, which is exciting for me. I've, all my family live in, in Las Vegas, so be able to, you know, help her out in as many, many ways as possible. It's going to be a family affair. The other thing, uh, my son, who, like I said, plays some golf, will be caddying for Kendall. Oh, no way. So, uh, I'll have one of my parents in the bag, too. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really a fun, it's a fun term. Well, we're on your side, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> Not that you. you need us, and it won't help, but we're definitely on your side. We'll take it. We'll take any good thoughts we can get. My go to drink at any golf course. Like 90% of golfers is an Arnold Palmer. Um, does that drink mean a little bit more to you guys? How about you? Well. <laughs> she doesn't like lemonade. <laughs> so no. she's out. No, um, it definitely does, um, especially for my dad, of course, because you're going to hear about this. Um, yeah. He played in the Masters in 1993 and actually played a practice round with Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer. 
and ended up playing in the first round with Arnold Palmer twosome. And how was that? Like, how crazy was that? I still get goosebumps. I'm getting <laughs> choked up listening to it. You know, um, he buried the first three holes that day. And, uh, He's leading the golf tournament. He was leading the tournament and felt like the entire population of golfers was walking with us. And <laughs> I relished it. I loved it. I, my personality, I just, I just loved it. And uh, it's a memory I'll never, ever forget, obviously. Um, you know, um, I had met, met Mr. Palmer before that at Bay Hill. He was kind enough to give me a sponsor's exemption into the Bay Hill Classic as an amateur yeah. in preparation for the Masters. And then uh, I had arranged to play a practice round. The story is, I don't even know if Abby knows this story, but I'd arranged to play a practice round with Jack Nicholas on Tuesday. Uh, and I was just told to be there at 1 o'clock. So I'm there at 1 o'clock, and I'm ready to go, and it's 1.15, it's 1.20. I'm like, well, obviously he blew me off. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> Yeah. You know, I would just say you arranged it. <laughs> what are you talking? I'll arrange it. I mean, is that all you have to do? <laughs> right. And uh, so I got a note that he, he was held up at the airport. He'll be here shortly. So at about one forty, he walked onto the green and met, you know, we met. And he goes, by the way, I found somebody on the range to join us. He'll meet us on the first tee. I'm like, perfect. So we get up there, and it's Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I'm like, someone. oh, you just found someone. That was exactly my <laughs> response. And and I can tell you to this day, I don't remember hitting one golf shot for the first five holes. Not Nothing. one memory of the first five holes. After that, I know I played pretty good. Yeah. But I, I was so nervous, and that's not my personality to be nervous, but yeah. I could not remember one yeah. thing. In front of them, I'd be like, yeah. shaking. Shaking. Yeah. It was and awesome. how old were you? 21. So you're 21. Yeah. Junior and how many college. years had they had been, been crushing the tour at that point? Yeah, well, Jack had just won the Masters at 46 and what, an 86, right? Mm -hmm. So we, that was 93. So Jack was 53. How did you, I don't understand the whole, we arranged it. <laughs> well, at the time, you know, I was... Uh, getting ready to turn pro later on in the year and uh, I had uh, was it a coming of age thing where they bring in the young kids and they want to just give them that experience to welcome them and so they and do that in the tournament so like the US amateur champion now plays with the defending masters champion uh, that year I was the I had won the US amateur public links and that person was paired with Arnold Palmer so that's how oh, I got okay. my pairing with Arnold Palmer um, I had it's almost a passing of the torch right. potential situation. Exactly. And as far as the arranging the practice round with uh, Mr. Nicholas, my coach had sent the Nicholas group an email asking and begging yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it would be possible, and he was gracious enough to give us that opportunity. But that week, I played on Monday with Gary Player. On Sunday, I played three or four holes with Sevi Ballesteros, who was my idol. Was Sevi? Uh, I just loved him. And, uh, you know, the first time... I ever met Gary Player, even though I was from South Africa, was that Monday at the Masters. And he, he was an idol, obviously. He was an idol, and uh, we went, uh, you know, at the Masters, they have the international dinner and past champions dinner, yada, yada. So I was an international player. I went to the international dinner, and uh, Gary was hosting the dinner, and he's telling all these people about how what a good time he had playing golf with me. And I'm like, you can stop talking any minute now. <laughs> you know, you've got Greg Norman and Savvy and Nick Faldo. They're all in the room. And I'm going, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a neat experience. I think neat's sure. a great word to explain. And, that. you know, I, I'm really hoping and, and praying, you know, if things continue the path that they are, that she might have the ability to go play Augusta one of these days oh, man. with that women's tournament. Awesome. What, uh, I love it. What a goal that would be and what a fun time that would be to share with her. Which, which would be amazing. Yeah, and you'd be on the bag, obviously, right? Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> she won't let me on the bag. What? Yes? Yes. For that one, right? Yes. That For one? that one. For that practice Absolutely. round. <laughs> you don't want to be on the bag. <laughs> I want to enjoy watching her. Yeah, it's different, isn't you know? it? I mean, if he I can help her. He doesn't for me much. You would think he does, but he yeah. really doesn't. Yeah. Ever? Rarely. Recently. Very Recently? No. Like, yeah. No. I would say ever. I mean, just in general. And I did when it wasn't to. another option. But in general, I prefer not to. Yeah. It, you think her, it's better for her? It's her deal. She's got to, you know, she's got to figure it out. I don't like, I would rather be alone. Yeah. Like, I love my dad and he is, needs to be with me on practice rounds for strategy. But during the tournament, Caddy's just, I feel like I'm better alone or maybe better with someone who isn't going to necessarily help me. Yeah. Well, it's ownership. It's an ownership thing. Correct. And when you own it mm -hmm. and it's with it's your it's conviction, you. it's you. Right. And the results are, are better. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's fair. I don't, yeah, I don't think no, that that's and, unfair. And, and, I'm, and I'm quite okay. I enjoy watching her more so I can sit back and relax. I mean, we are. We're all ego guys to some level. And yeah. what you've done with your life up to this point has been noteworthy. I mean, the photos behind us, the picture of you with Jack and Arnie standing there, you're looking cut, you're looking buff in them. Not anymore, but... But still, we'll pretend it's a podcast. Nobody can see it, all right? I definitely want for comfort now. With that said, (laughs) what's ahead of you might be even better. Oh, well, you know... And has it been better already watching your 15-year-old kid do what she does? It is better because I get to enjoy it now. You know, when you're a player, yeah, you enjoy the victories, but you don't get to really enjoy the moment because you're so focused on what you're trying to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the times are different. You know, I, I don't have many pictures from playing at Augusta. Mm. And, boy, I wish I did. I bet. But I just figured, you know, I was playing. I was focused on trying to play the best I could, and that was the priority at that time. Yeah. You know, so now I get to sit back and take the pictures and, yeah. and look at the pictures and enjoy the pictures of, of, of what she's doing. And keep notes about what I need to, what we need to talk about after the round. Yeah, I make notes and stuff. But, you know, That's just huge. think this, this game of golf, right? I mean, here I am, a South African kid who grew up in a little town, played golf, and I got to America. It paid for my college. I got married. I've been married, you know, since uh, how long? I've been married 22 years now. We got kids, and I'm enjoying it all over again in a different aspect. Teaching, not just with her. I travel a lot around the country with some of my students. I mean, it's a really, really unique experience, and that's why golf to us, to me, has just been unbelievable. And the more people they can get in and share that experience. Well, the unbelievable stuff is the travel. And, and the tournament experience and the friendships, right? Yeah. And these moments that we're able to experience like together today. as a family, right? right That's exactly. the unbelievable stuff. But the challenging part of it is the grind. The grind. And so what we talk about is gro- growing the grind of golf and, and trying to make that grind fun. Um, and it can be difficult. And the other day when we bumped <laughs> into each other, you had mentioned a drill that, that you called hell. Yes, that is, is to me the perfect example of growing the grind. Absolutely. That you do the most impossible thing to yourself, and then <laughs> <As a grind. laughs> you just get to the the boiling point of just that's it. I want to quit. Exactly. But you keep going. Exactly. And yeah. you try to accomplish. So what, what was that drill that you did? Your dad invented this thing. Yes. So. The sadistic man next to me <laughs> oh, invented goodness. this thing. We wanted yeah. to kill him about I love watching them. <laughs> so you are. You have a problem. Absolutely. So this is a drill that Kendall and I have been focusing on a lot recently. Um, so we started at three feet. We've now moved it back to four. It's You start at four feet and you make 25 in a row from one spot. And then you move to a different hole and you put four tees around the hole, also from four feet. And you have to make five from each tee all in a row. And then if you make all those, you go to this, the final one, and it has to break like a cup and a half. So it's got to be a big, from four feet, you got to make five. If you miss at any point, you start all the way at the beginning. So it's 50 putts. 50 putts First in a hole, row. 25 in a row mm-hmm. from the same spot mm-hmm. from four feet. Mm-hmm. And then you drop four tees at four feet at a different cup. Mm-hmm. Five at each is 20. Yep. That's 45 total putts. Mm-hmm. And then you just kill yourself on the last five. I yes. know that Kendall and I stood there for the first day. I was there for five hours and did not complete the drill. And there was tears. There was definitely tears. There was definitely some. It might have been a but club you're doing, toss. But you're doing that to yourself, aren't you? Yes. Are you doing it because in the back of your mind, you know, your dad put you up to this and you just want to prove him wrong and show him that you can do it. <laughs> what is it? It's everything. That definitely plays a role. But it also plays a role knowing, like, if I can make 50 in a row, I'm not going to miss in a tournament. Like, I know. <laughs> if you did the hell drill, Allie, you would have shaved off seven or eight strokes. I don't know why you even slept last night. Did you do the ice cream drill before? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've been doing. We've been popping ice creams like Mickey bars at Disney around here. Absolutely. And and we're not well, making enough while pots. Ago. Oh, whatever. Yeah. We were on the ice cream drill when she was 11, too, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, like, we went the first day. We didn't do it. We came back the next day, and we said, we are not leaving this golf course until we get it done. Kendall that was your me. choice. Yes. Kendall You're making me. that she choice. She did it. But when we were done, I've never felt so good. I was like, all right, let's go get Starbucks. Like, let's go <laughs> celebrate. We just well, did it. I can tell you she didn't even sleep that night. Oh, know? the first night? Yeah. I was like, I can't sleep. She I need was to be so at mad. I need to finish that drill. Yeah. <laughs> and she got up early and we, she was determined to come and get it done. And she wanted to make sure it was done. Well, that's and, it. And There's your answer. And that's one way you're doing so it. Two days? Two, two days. days. I took missed two days. Number 49. Yeah. Okay, just think about that. Number 49, you have to go all the way back to number one. Yeah, she, she missed probably four or five times. On the breaking one. On the 45 the to 50 number. Yeah. 
before she finished it. Is this something you did growing up, or did you just come up with it while you've been through the academy? You know, I... Is this something you would have done, though? 100%. This is exact. These are the things that I tried to do. Um, You know, I was always trying to figure out, make the practice as hard as possible so play could be easy. And um, putting, for me, when I was younger, was a challenge. I was a good putter, but I wasn't a great putter. And then in college, I decided I want to become a great putter. Playing with Phil and trying to beat Phil, there wasn't really an option. If you yeah. wanted to compete with him, you had to be the best. Yeah. And I would say by the time I left college, I was probably the best putter in college. He's definitely the best putter I've ever seen. Yeah. Is he? Still? <laughs> it's unbelievable. And his chipping, it's unbelievable. You'd be like, okay, Dad, and just give him the hardest shot, and he'll get it up and down. Like, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't understand. Like, that comes insane. from practice. Well, listen, it comes from practice and what I developed and what all great pitches and chippers of the golf ball develop is an awareness of what the ball's going to do with the club you're using. And then once you figure that out, you can pick the, pick the appropriate landing spot. I can't tell you how many times we've been chipping and I'm hitting shots and I'm just struggling with it. And he's like, it's not that hard. And he takes the club and makes number one or two. Like, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. And that does it's not luck. help you. No. It's luck. I'm just like, do you think that helps? Because that just makes me more mad. I'm like, <laughs> Well, I just think a lot of times they're making it more difficult than it is. You know, this is pretty easy. Take this club, just land it, it there. And just see it, it and do it. Yeah. It's, it's, but if you're trying to be perfect, and how much is it? It's not going to work. Right. Let's, let's move on. Well, Allie's at an age now when I do give her those challenges. I think she wants it to happen for her fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's she gets really quick to get frustrated. And she feels like it's an indication mm-hmm. of her ability if she's failing. And that she's not a good golfer if she can't accomplish a drill, uh, whatever drill it might be. Um, and so what advice would you give to her as she's trying to get through that process right now you just gotta know like like just think about all the good things you've done like just think about all the tournaments you've won think about all the great memories of like oh i had to make this putt and i did it or just like stuff like that like you gotta know that you belong here you gotta know that i'm going to get this done and when i do just like it's gonna feel so good it's all gonna be worth it yeah, and all that advice is perfect, but it means a lot more coming from you right, than it does from me. Just like when Annika tells you exactly. to do one little thing that your dad's told you 35 times in your life, and all of a sudden it's this life-changing moment. Exactly. Yeah, Everything she said. a lot. Everything she said She's, I've heard a million times. I was texting him during the clinic. I was and like, your dad's don't look sitting at there me just like, that. like grinding his teeth like, okay, really? Oh, good. I'm glad you got that tip. <laughs> I'm glad you got it from somebody because it wasn't from me, <laughs> even though we've tried. He tells me things that tiny things that mean a lot and someone else it's like this is why your swings 30 feet um to the right or 30 yards and then it's like i've told you that a thousand times yeah you're like but no he told it to me so now i get it like you guys like that to us i can remember uh when we were at moon valley a friend of mine was teaching there and i said you know what why don't you go get a lesson from him and so she goes over there and she gets a lesson and he, she comes back. She goes, Dad, can you believe this is what he told me? Isn't it amazing? And I'm like, hold on, what? Isn't that what I've been saying for the last week? Never heard you say that once, she said. Do you guys not hear? Does it sound differently? It's, I must have been my yeah. accent. I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was the accent that got to me. Yeah, no, it's, you know what? They hear it. They don't always admit that they hear it. It comes out later. Yeah. We wouldn't be where we are if we didn't hear it. You hear it. And we know you do. And we're all doing it for the right reasons. And obviously, we're very, very proud of you. And, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's been, I think it's been really cool to look at, look at you two and where you're at and where you're headed. And just, just knowing that, like, you know, little kids are out there trying to become you. I mean, they're trying to play in the four ball. I mean, it's great. You got to realize that kid, like they're trying to get to that Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're going to play in the Sally or you've already played in the Sally. You know, I, I don't even know what that means, but I've <laughs> seen it and I followed it on Instagram because it's yeah. certainly somewhere where it looks like I should be taking my kid. Yeah. Um, We're going so, to the Kathy Whitworth after the Dustin Johnson. I mean, these are just, you know, think about Annika, Dustin and Kathy Whitworth. Some I mean, you got, you're doing thing. it right now. Yeah. And I think we lose track of that. I think we lose track of that thing that you've worked so hard to get where you are right now. And it's, it's okay to be really proud of where you are right now. And you haven't signed yet. You don't know where you're going. Um, and I'm sure you, you have some, some high hopes and, and dad would love you to, 
go maybe to UNLV or not, and maybe right. there's an ASU down the pipeline. You're, you know, you never Arizona. I don't really know your background. I know we're going to Notre Dame in a little while to talk to a kid out there that's that's a great Illinois golfer, and she's living her dream playing Midwest golf in Notre Dame of all places that's after coming life. from Illinois, right? Yeah, that's pretty great. And um, and whatever your dream is, I think that you're already living it. Yeah. And I know that we're just starting ours and, and part of our processes are these moments. And we appreciate you taking that time and sitting down with us and carving out an hour here. Oh, anytime. And your friendships are really what you will remember for Absolutely. the rest of your times. Make friends when you go to these events. And just that's what we're going to do. Made a lot already. And what are, that's for the plan. We're going to hit the pool right now. <laughs> yeah. Mix in another Mickey bar, right? <laughs> Pound bar some ice cream. Where? I don't know. Maybe we run to Disney real quick. We're close, aren't we? Isn't there one like right down the road <laughs> here in California? Yeah, it's only like four hours away. Look, that's yeah. easy yeah. drive. Easy. We can make it faster. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> chuck a kid down a slide and just you know go home early tomorrow and then be in the dome and maybe on an ice rink in an hour because that's what we do in <laughs> Chicago. Absolutely. And you guys will be here in this beautiful full uh, resort and just uh, living the dream. She'll be doing the hell drill tomorrow, maybe from five feet. Hell drill, and I'll be talking about how I, I talked to a guy who played with Arnie on a Thursday. Yeah. All right? So again, thanks again, and, and uh, we can't wait to watch your, your progression here as you develop, and then, you know, and we'll know in the background there's one proud dad um, enjoying the process, not on the bag, but taking pictures in the fairway. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's thank been you great. So much. It's been awesome. Love to stay in touch and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Gonna go big places. Yeah. And always remember, golf is great. The grind makes it greater. There you go. Awesome. All Thanks right, so much. Guys. Guys. Thanks again. Okay, this is like my favorite trip ever. Do you want to shuffle the cards? Do you want to shuffle the cards? <laughs>